Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Ben and Marie who have been living in their schoolie for three years. Ben is from Ontario and Marie is from Paris, France. This inspiring couple love to work hard for periods of time and then travel intensively either nationally or internationally. From broken brake lines to bus adventures across Canada, Ben and Marie have been enjoying their bus life experience. Grab a warm beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. Uh, This week, I have some folks that are joining us from British Columbia. And without further ado, uh, Ben, could you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Ben, and I'm married to Marie, and... I don't know really where to begin about myself. I live in a school bus. That's probably why I'm on this podcast. Um, I'm a carpenter, I guess, would be the closest trade that I have. No tickets or anything, but I'm a carpenter. Um, Done a lot of backpacking and traveling in my 20s and met Marie somewhere along the way there and fell in love with Marie very soon after meeting her. And... uh, (laughs) And then after that, uh, just kind of bounced around until we found the idea of a school bus. And that has really been the center of our life for the last three years, living in a school bus and traveling around. Um, I just turned 30. That's my age. And I'm from Ontario originally, kind of a small town Ontario boy. That's me. Where in uh, Ontario, Ben? Um, I'm from a little town called Elmira. And or that's where I grew up. And that's where my whole family still is. It's pretty close to Waterloo near Toronto, all that kind of stuff. And Marie, what about yourself? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm uh, Marie, I'm from France, uh, originally from Paris. Um, I'm 34, so I'm older than Ben. (laughs) And um, I did a lot of backpacking in my uh, 20s too. And I met Ben uh, six years ago now, more than six years ago. And it's been three years that I'm in Canada. And Marie, what did you do in um, in Paris before coming to Canada? Uh, so when I was in France, uh, I was a risk manager in the hospitals. And uh, so I did that for a few years and um, uh, nothing like that in Canada. Uh, since I arrived in Canada, I became kind of a woodworker and a bunch of different other and a heavy duty mechanic <laughs> and bunch of different jobs lead that have nothing to do for schooly parts <laughs> that kind of thing so uh marie are you the organized one of the relationship since you bring that risk management uh, piece in with you or has ben the organized one i'm the, i'm 100% the organized one i love making checklists i love researching uh ben is not like that at all which was um, so it's yin and yang. It yeah. just fits perfectly, doesn't it? Was it was source of a lot of uh, argument earlier on the bus because I wanted to do all the researches that I could on a specific subject. And, and I then... wanted to hit the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> ben wanted to just go and figure it out by himself. Yeah. I like to do research after the fact on why it went wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So then, Ben, tell me a little bit about uh, the schooling. Well, our bus, it's a 26-foot, six-window international school bus with the DT-466 engine in it and Allison transmission. It's a 
pretty solid bust and we're really happy with the engine that we chose we know that that's uh, like i'm not much of an engine or a, a vehicle guy but after my little bit of research figured that was one of the good engines to go with and that's kind of it we have i don't know hydraulic over air or air over hydraulic brakes we have airbags in the back um yeah but it's nice to have the engine for a big bus on a small bus chassis that's the bus itself yeah and marie where did you folks uh, buy the bus so that's actually a long story uh we so we were on in in uh, guelph in ontario back then when we bought the bus and uh ben drove up to boston i flew to boston you flew to boston and you drove back to bus uh why boston because we found that bus what was it online yeah we found the bus online at a truck parts dealership yeah. that normally just gets vehicles and parts out parts of the big heavy duty trucks but once in a while they keep vehicles and sell them as a whole vehicle so this bus is a pretty good deal um, and the good thing about it why we settled on this one was because it was a short one so 26 uh, feet is yeah. it and uh, but yet in the inside uh, height was uh, nice like yeah, i don't it's know about more than 6, six feet. foot 4 height yeah. inside before the conversion hmm. 6 5 and it's a pretty new one it's from uh, 2008 so that was a good setting point too so there wasn't a lot of uh, kilometers on it no it's my... pretty good for kilometers we had uh, under 200,000 when we bought it we're Oh, at about 215, 220,000 now. Um, it bought like the Massachusetts state has a like a law that they have to retire school buses after 10 years, no matter what. And so that there are, I guess, some U.S. states and I'm not sure about Canadian provinces that have that rule. But that would that is a place where you can get low mileage buses that we've seen. And did you have any problems uh, bringing you over the border? <laughs> That's where the adventure really began. We, uh, I picked up the bus in Boston and just had a crazy plan figured out. I went and registered the bus in Vermont. And Vermont is pretty fast and loose with vehicle registration. And they don't care who registers it or whatever. So I just showed up and without the bus, I just showed up and said, hey, I have this bus that is now a white RV. And... I would like to title it in Vermont. And they said, okay, here's how much it costs. And I got Vermont plates and a new title that said white RV. And we got it across the border relatively simply after that. And it helped us out with Ontario when we went to register it because it was already listed as a white RV. So we didn't have to jump through necessarily all the same hoops that we would have uh, if it had been listed as a school bus when we went to MTO on, or the Ministry of Transportation in Ontario. Hmm. Now, did Marie research and find out that uh, solution or did you? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm I good at those kind yeah, of researches. True. true, I didn't. I kind of trust him on that part. I don't even drive, to be honest. Um, like I've, I'm from Paris, so not that many people have the, their driver license and we certainly don't use it. So, yeah, we delayed all that up to Ben. And I knew it had to get new brake lines on the bus and we uh, had gotten it across the border and I had I was driving it to an international dealership to get just some recalls sorted out and simple things. 
and about 100 meters before I got to the international dealership in uh, in Ontario, all the brake lines blew out and like just leaking fluid all over the road. But it was just it couldn't have been more perfect timing because it was right like 100 meters before I got to the final destination before we were ready to just let the bus go and get fixed and whatever. And so that could have happened like an hour outside of Boston and I still have a 12 hour drive home or nine hours, whatever it was. But that was one of the it was still unfortunate, but lucky that we made it all the way. So now, Marie, you folks have been on the road for a while. I believe you said three years. Um, what's an adventure that you had that you can share with us? So we had we are living in the bus for three years now, but the first, what, one year and a half or something like that, we didn't move. We just went to Quebec one time to pick up our wood stove and just came back. So a very quick trip. Uh, but last year we decided to move right after COVID and that's where the fun began. Um, like my favorite adventure of, of all was last summer. Uh, we did the, a road trip from Guelph where we were in Ontario up to Fernie, BC. Uh, so we got to travel all the, like a bunch of provinces and see a lot of Canada, which I haven't seen before that uh i just loved it i love the the freedom that you have to travel in the bus so you travel with your, your entire home and you don't have you don't even have the hassle to set up camp somewhere or anything you just can park anywhere and just this is it you can enjoy your night you can do a campfire you can go for a swim or whatever so that was so like it was one of the happiest moments in my life i think and you get to, make, to meet so many people too on the road, whether it's like all the van lifers or bus lifers, but also like just people that come to the bus and want to just talk, just ask questions and find it, find like our way of living kind of interesting. And so even without, even with COVID, which was like does uh, impact a bit, like the, social yeah the social aspect of a travel or something but even even with that it was yeah we met so many people we had so many weird nights with like complete strangers like talking about yeah i don't know like so many different subjects that you would never even i don't know like think 2 a.m campfire subjects yeah, yeah just, completely. you're at the end like we met a couple for example that were traveling in a little van they met in uh greece what were they doing? Saving turtles or something like that. And uh, we ended up talking. So they were in a sanctuary for turtles, but they were also trying to save uh, street cats. So th that night we had a full discussion about that. And I learned so much about like cat diseases in Greece. It's just all those random conversations that I just love about traveling and just being uh, having no planning and no yeah, schedule or anything. You could just stay a week at the same spot if you decided to or you can move within the hour if you're unhappy with where you are and i just love that so much so i would say like my favorite adventure in the bus is definitely last summer and how many months did you take to do that trip from guelph to fernie what was it three three months two three months about three months until yeah. we'd settled down yeah yeah we took our time huh? for sure yeah <laughs> 
And Ben, what about yourself beyond the uh, road trip back from Boston? Is there uh, an adventure that uh, you feel you could share? Yeah, there. It's along the similar lines as Marie, because one thing we haven't done with our bus is go on in like crazy off-roading like we see some bus people do in that but uh, we've had some in Cali, yeah it? like some of our friends that yeah. are not afraid by steep mountains and crazy rocks and whatever but adventure it's led to a lot of adventures just really from the people that you meet wherever we're camped it's like oh i have acreage out this way why don't you come here and stay over here and then we end up going to this person's house which is just perfectly tailored for us we can have water we can have the electricity and then they take us out on their quads and stuff like that. And I feel like if we, if we weren't in a bus, it might not happen as often as it does where people are like, why don't you come see my, whatever it is, my Creek or my, my hill. I think they just want to bring you home. And I love that. You don't get the same, uh, same lifestyle with a backpack on your back traveling around. eh? No, you're usually the one begging to go stay at people's places. <laughs> That's actually not really true. <laughs> I traveled a lot alone uh, in my days, and maybe it's because I'm a woman, but I got actually that feeling too. Like people want to protect you, so they actually want to, uh, I don't know, like bring, bring you to their house or help you in so, some sort of way. So I did have that traveling a bit. but it's I been, didn't. Yeah, it's been three years <laughs> that I'm not traveling, so it feels good to be able to bond with strangers again and like some people that we keep contact with too right within the community here so that feels really good so i'm just going to back up a little bit i got two uh two questions here for you one is for two of you uh where have you traveled in the world uh during those backpacking adventures and the second one is uh in regards to the bus i know that uh, you talked about going across canada I'll get you to talk to about uh, what are some of the things that you put in there to be able to live in it throughout the winter. So maybe, uh, Marie, first, um, where are some of the places that you've traveled in the world? So my, my way of life before actually embracing van life and bus life was I was working for one year to two years. I was working really hard at one spot and then in France, and then I was taking off for half a year, nine months or something like that. So I did that a lot and I'm 34. So I had time to do that before coming to Canada. So I had multiple trips like that. So we obviously uh, did South America. Uh, so Central and South America. Um, I did, uh, what did I do now? I can't even remember. I did um, China, uh, Nepal, um, India. I did a, a bunch of European countries, like being from France, like you're in the middle of so many different countries and everything is so accessible within uh, flights or trains or like everything is very easy. It's not like in Canada, you have to plan way more, but in France, it's so easy and cheap to go anywhere. We also did like the, like we did Finland uh, for my 30th like birthday. Finland, Australia. Yeah, Australia, yeah, different at different times. Yeah, uh, Gabon, yeah, Africa, uh, yeah, I can't even remember, but a bunch of different countries. And Ben, what about yourself? Yeah, I've done a, very much the same as what Marie's done, because um, we met in South America, and that was my first big backpacking trip with multiple countries. 
Um, and then a bunch of Europe then that was after meeting Maria did a, a lot of Europe and Australia and we've both kind of done different parts of Africa. Um, I've been to Kenya and Tanzania, Morocco and Egypt and uh, yeah. And I guess some other places in between, but still I haven't been to really any of Asia and that's big on my list. Next, 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 next. <laughs> now it'll be a little warmer than in Canada. Uh, <laughs> for your winter so maybe ben can you tell us a little bit about um like how did you prepare the bus knowing that you're going to live in it for winter yeah we did uh we've done now three winters in the bus and every winter we've gotten better and better at doing it by maybe making some changes or some upgrades because we did not know exactly what we were in for the first go around but definitely the first thing that any schoolie would know is just insulating 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 as much as you can we have like two inch insulation underneath the floor. We have that in the walls as well. And then in the ceiling is a lot of insulation. That was probably one of the biggest jobs of the whole bus was insulating the ceiling the way we wanted it. And we weren't getting rid of any windows. So we needed just to keep everything in that we could. Um, beyond that, then it's um, our water tanks are underneath the bus. And so they were in the midst of kind of redoing the whole system now, but they've been insulated and have um, heating pads underneath them um, to keep heating the water cables. warm and then heating cables coming up from the tanks that go all the way inside the bus. Um, yeah, and then a water heater that's a uh, gas water heater so we can just, or a, high, a propane water heater so we can just keep it on at all times in that. And yeah, kind of if you like do a lot of research, which Marie's good at, as we've mentioned before, you find out all the other ways that RVs have done it. And there people have figured it out with products and with ways of doing it. And just following that was a key, especially this winter, because it all went off uh, pretty flawless. The one of the big things you didn't mention that was a big game changer this winter was the skirting that we did around the bus. Yeah, because we didn't have that last winter and the, the the floor was freezing cold and even with car with carpets and all that it wasn't uh, it wasn't working and this winter we put uh insulation boards around the bus and uh that changed everything right yeah for sure it helps with the water too that would be something we would do on our next schoolie if we have if we build another one or when we build another one would be probably incorporating some sort of custom made or whatever skirting that we could attach if you're more on the road because the way we had our setup we couldn't move with it it was we were going to sit there and wait winter yeah. out until we moved um if we had one that was maybe like collapsible and relatively easy to put on and off that would be a pretty good addition if we were going to be on the road in some cold weather now marie for the three winters that you spent uh in canada where did you spend them in canada so the two first winters were in Ontario, which are not great winters at all. So I'm from France and I was in the south of France for like my last years in France. So we don't get winters. Uh, so I used to like, I really liked snow when I arrived and then I realized it was also minus 30 and that was pretty tough to, <laughs> to adapt to. Um, yeah, so we did the first winter we did, we kind of bail out, um, in the middle of it. We had another option. Yeah. So, so that wasn't happening. The next winter we stayed in the bus and 
it was the beginning of COVID too in February. So that wasn't ideal. And the third winter, we spent it in Fernie in BC. And that was a billion times better. I love that winter, to be honest. Like, it was I, the best. Yeah, it was so nice. We were in a in a ski town so like if you don't know fernie and it's just like a little town it's so great the people over there are so great there is so many people from outside of canada too i guess it attracts a lot of australian uh, new zealand and like um, yeah and um yeah and we got to ski we got to snow snowboard yeah uh, really embraced winter and maybe the winter are better here too like i don't know if it's yeah, it didn't feel quite as cold this winter yeah, as true. last winter. Less, like, more more predictable winter, yeah. it felt like. But it was really good. And what about, um, like, out further west towards the coast? Do you think it's warmer there for people to travel to? I think so. It Like, I think if you were to go more, a little more west, even into areas like Kelowna, that might even be drier. There's just might be less snow in some areas, more sunshine, um, which can all help. Because even sunshine in a schoolie, everyone who owns one knows, like, that is such a huge way to regulate the heat that you have in the bus. And in the winter, just on a perfectly bluebird sunny day, you can open up all the all the windows and you just get the magnifying feeling of the sun in there and that can last all day we've had days where it was maybe minus 15 but really sunny and just open up all the windows and we didn't need to have a fire going on we didn't need to have a heater and so the that area would be good and then i think if you were to get all the way out to the island it's it's just yeah, warmer it's out there yeah yeah like i don't know if it even gets below freezing in during the day not too often in the winter but we chose fernie because ben you fall you fell in love with Fernie like 10 years ago, right? Yeah, I guess. I just <laughs> really liked it. I visited the town for two days and had, uh, and it Decided just was a great time. Back. Yeah, and I had to come back. So. so now, Ben, you talked about the brake lines breaking just before the international dealership. Uh, what's another mishap that you would have had along your way? Um, one of the bigger mishaps that we had were just unexpected was on our first real trip in the bus, the one we had gone to Montreal and we're on our way back and we were on our way back to make it to a wedding that was near Toronto. Um, and it, I think it was on a, on a Saturday, normal time and everything. And we were heading there on a Friday night to go spend the night near there and then come to the wedding on Saturday. And this was also kind of the first time we were going to showcase the bus to all like my extended family. Yeah. And, and we were pretty excited about it. We'd been having a good trip so far. And then just on the 401 at like, I don't know, 9 p.m., just on the big highway, like eight lane highway, the bus just started to really idle weird and it was getting no power to the engine. And it just seemed a little suspect. So thankfully, I decided to get off as soon as I could on an exit because right as soon as I got to the exit, it just complete shutdown. And we had to coast all like quite a while and to then the just managed to coast and pulled off and we were right beside the toronto zoo yeah so that was kind of random to be at the zoo on a friday night but then we got towed and like well, we had where we had to find a tow truck driver that could take the bus at that time of day and it was in two hours and that whole time we're trying to figure out if we could fix the problem but i have no skills with diesel <laughs> engines so i should have known that was going to be a no we were trying to find a garage that was open on the weekend too. Yeah, we we're trying to find a 24-hour garage, which in Toronto is actually 
kind of harder to find a heavy duty 24 hour garage. And, but we ended up getting towed to one and the garage closed down. But then the next morning, this mobile mechanic came and he just was like, okay, it's, I might get it, but I might not. And he tried and it worked and we got to the wedding late, but we got there on time. So, but late, but late. <laughs> yeah, we missed the boring parts. Oh, come on, Ben. And Marie, what about yourself? Was there a mishap that happened along the way that uh, you recall? Yeah, the one that I can remember is one that happened last summer on the road trip. But it was I like I like this one because it got fixed super fast. So it was uh, we were like I can't even remember in Alberta or something. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, and um, the bus we were driving like nice, no problem, and the bus started. Uh, suddenly like bounce bouncing back just like shaking very very no, bad like, like we blew a tire yeah like the back was bouncing so much um that we couldn't keep going so we went on the side of the road and then you fixed it in what five minutes the problem yeah. it was just um it was just the airbags the the back uh, airbags that just disconnected or was yeah that... it was the like we have airbags at the on the rear axle like near the tires and they're just a, a the airline feeding them had just come undone and it was it's kind of a weird design that it could come undone that easily but it just popped out while we were driving in saskatchewan of all places pretty fine roads normal stuff and it just popped out and then the airbags just leaked all their air out but it felt like all the tires popped at one mm. time and it was very scary and yet in five minutes we all fine and we've been fine since then zero issues after that so it was a really proud moment yeah it was the best mishap we've ever yeah, had for sure. isn't it nice to solve those problems oh you have no idea i just went through took like a year out of my life on stress in that five minutes but then it was fixed and i'm all good again <laughs> it's a happy feeling Mm -hmm. yeah. So now, Marie, what's something that you would uh, consider doing differently the next time if you make a bus? Okay, so on that bus, my issue was that I lost the battle with Ben on research and planning before doing it. So what I would do for the next bus is definitely doing, well, we learn a lot along the way, but definitely doing more research and making sure we make the right choices and we take our time to during the process even just enjoying it more like the process because we were in the rush okay at the beginning we wanted to have the conversion done in what four months three months at the beginning i think yeah. it was which was a bit ambitious because we had full-time jobs and we just had the night and the weekends to work on it uh because we wanted to visit uh to go east yeah we had we had a plan uh, to go east for like a month or, month or something like that. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> and But yet I felt like we rushed too much, like and it wasn't enjoyable. So I definitely would take my time on that and yeah, enjoy the process. And Ben, what about yourself? What's something that you would consider doing differently on your next bus? Um, there's maybe a few things. I, I totally echo what Marie said. I've learned my lesson Good. <laughs> with just time, effort, stress, energy, money. Everything is just better if you slow down, think about it, do more research, whatever, especially if you're new to the game. Um, but if we were to 
do the bus over again, especially knowing what we know now with uh, COVID impacting, being able to just go shower in a gym or something and it being not cool to just go to other people's houses and shower, whatever, we definitely would have incorporated an indoor shower into the whole system. Um, it seemed a little daunting when we first were building the bus, but uh, like after get wrapping my head around it, I think we would do that. Um, we'd probably get a different toilet, I'm, yeah. I think. Maybe we're not sure exactly which one, but that's again, probably due to COVID with being inside your bus so much more than you would be normally we'd maybe get, I don't know, Marina would, has done the research on toilets, so I don't know which one we'd get, but we maybe wouldn't have gotten the same one. Um, yeah, those are probably my two things, and and maybe I would have inspected the brake lines of the bus before I bought it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, now we're going to get personal. So no shower in the bus. What did you guys do for cleaning, like sponge baths or neighbors? How did that work for you folks? So we had, we have an, we had, we had, still have uh, an outdoor shower. So we were using that, no problem, when it wasn't freezing cold. Uh, it's a very simple system. It was just putting the, uh, how do you call that, the tap? The kitchen faucet. The kitchen faucet outside by the window. And you can pull it and it just acts like a shower. And so we had a hot water and all that. So that's great when it's not freezing cold, when it's full of snow and all that, it's well less fun. Our plan was just to keep going because at the very beginning, what we were doing is just going to the gym, uh, going to um, work with showers. Yeah, work or family. Uh, when COVID hit, what, uh, well, we couldn't go anywhere that was public, but we kept going to um less frequently but we kept going to just your parents basically when we were in ontario um so we did that and then uh, when we traveled again well that wasn't a problem because it was summer again and um then the other winter we were in an rv park and we made sure that we picked one with a with shower on on site so so lots of strategies yeah, yeah, maybe. we're pretty good at finding showers. That's one. It's but that's been a skill we kind of picked up during backpacking and everything too. Is just don't be afraid to ask someone for a shower if you trust them, <laughs> even a little bit. <laughs> but it's once again that was really easy before COVID, right? And yeah. then when COVID hit, everything is just upside down. It's the same actually with Wi-Fi. It's the same thing. We were relying a lot on cafes and families and all that for wi-fi and suddenly you realize oh no i'm going to have to up- upgrade my phone plan which is super expensive in canada yeah to have enough data for internet and all that so it, yeah you had to adjust when COVID happened so so now ben uh i always ask folks uh, or most folks uh toilet wise was yours the five dollar bucket or the compost or something Um, in between it's something Something in between between. uh it is we have the laveo dry flush toilet it's kind of a self-contained system and you like i'm it's pretty popular in some buses and rvs but it's it can get a bit expensive if you have to use it all the time you basically just do your business in the toilet and you can press a button and it will basically like lock up whatever you put in there, like twist the seal and just it seals it out and it 
drops and down another cartridge. Down. Like and, the diaper genie, you were saying. Yeah, like a diaper genie. It's great, but I have an issue with that because first, the cartridge are quite expensive. It was fine when we were able to cross. I don't know. So the cartridge and the toilet are US made, I think. Yeah. At least they're, they're made in the US. Okay. And so what we were doing to avoid shipping cost, we were crossing the border in Niagara Falls to grab the cartridges on the other side. So that was completely fine. But then with COVID, same thing. Uh, we we checked the shipping cost of those and suddenly was doubling the price, right? Like it became almost... very unsustainable to buy them and pay duty on them and yeah. pay shipping on them and everything. So that was an issue. The price became an issue. And then it's also, at the beginning, I was so overwhelmed by everything with the bus that I decided to go with the easiest option because I do believe the Laveo dry flush is the best option if you want something simple because you don't have to think about it. You just press that button. You have, I think, 17 flushes per cartridge. When the cartridge is done, you just pull the the uh, garbage bag out of the toilet and you just throw it in a normal garbage uh, system. So it's very simple and easy. You don't have, there is no cleaning, no bugs, no smell, nothing. You can leave it for months at a time and it doesn't smell, which is amazing. So I went for that thinking I'm going to remove that out of my everyday life, like cleaning toilet or dealing with a, a composting one or something. But that's because I was I thought I could use also other toilet system and I wouldn't just rely on my own uh, toilet and I wouldn't be in the bus that much. Now that we've been in the bus that much, I just realized that that's even ecologically, it's quite wrong. Well, for me, I feel it's quite wrong. So, yeah, I would definitely change change the toilet situation. That was a Marie topic because I don't use our bathroom that often. <laughs> yeah, I think I nature is just the best bathroom. <laughs> and so, yeah. So now back to you, uh, Marie. What's a piece of advice that you give to other folks out there, whether they're in Canada or in France or somewhere else in the world that are thinking about doing a project like what you've done? Well, what I what I would say to people uh, that um, are starting or thinking about building a bus or something is really uh, go on social media and use the people that are on it already. Like use the people, like contact the community, talk to people that are already doing the thing that you wish you had right now and ask them questions. Like, there is no damn questions like every question like we all ask the same question we all wonder the same things and now that you have access to all those resources online i think the the smart thing to do would be to go towards people that already live the life you want because i feel like we have an instagram account and we get a lot of questions from from people and they always start feeling like quite often they start being like oh I'm so sorry to ask you a question and I feel that's why why we are on social media too it's really to help each other like to help each other and to actually yeah make life of other people easier and just inspire people so definitely go out there and check the people that seem to fit the lifestyle you want and ask them 
anything. Ask them about their everyday life and what's hard or whatever. And or yeah, ask them about a build, about how to do. There's no thing. stupid questions because we don't like I. We like answering a question if it's simply just how do you have fresh water, or if it's like a very technical one about our inverter or something. Yeah. It's all like very. We just. If it's gonna help people make a decision that makes them happier in the long run, we like doing it. We're we're excited to help in that area. Marie, what about yourself? What do you see for the future of uh, the bus and your life, and where you're going next? So we just sold a little gas. Uh, what two weeks ago? Yeah, it's it's very fresh. Um, it's been our home for three years, so we kind of feel like we enter a new chapter in our lives and we want to step out from full-time living for now for now uh, for now yeah i know um so what we did is uh, we purchased a um, van an old van it's like it's a dodge uh... a dodge b250 camper van from 1981 yeah so completely different style <laughs> orange too i really like the color um and so um, we're going to use it as for the summer. For the summer, we're going to travel BC in that van. And uh, after that, probably use it as a weekend uh, warrior or something like that. So that's the short-term plan. Uh, we're planning to go back to Ontario in, um, I don't know, August, uh, September, probably. We're not 100% sure of what's going to happen, but um, we for sure want to build, like to convert another scooty, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that and travel if we can. Huh? Yeah, we want to do more travel. Like we met backpacking and it's been nice to be in North America for the last little while, but there's still a lot of world travel that we'd like to do. But short term is the plan if we can do it we'll see what the future holds but it is going to be travel in that van for summer go back to ontario and probably build another bus there whether it's for us or for someone else we're not yeah. sure yet but we're gonna try jump into another bus because we've kind of got all these skills now that are useless <laughs> if we don't build another bus so that's what we'd like to do Hey, maybe we'll uh, catch up uh, later on in August or maybe in the fall, depending if we're around that area. That'd be perfect. That would be sweet. Yeah. Share some stories around the campfire about travels. Yeah, yeah for you've sure. been a lot of places that. too, right? We listened to your solo podcast or your first podcast and heard that you'd been all around the world. We've we've traveled quite a bit. Yeah, we've uh, I've lived in Australia for a bit. We lived in South Korea and Ecuador for two years. And- Nice. All over. This is just uh, the icing on the uh, the top of the cake. Yeah. And now you're in, I can't remember, but I like the name of your town. Where yeah, so now uh, you should drive through here at some point. Uh, Flin Flon. Flin, Flin Flon, Flon, Manitoba. Yeah, that so we just sold our cool. house. We just sold our house. Oh, uh, we're closing on it uh, coming up. We've taken a year off of teaching, and we haven't been able to visit our family on the East Coast or Ontario, so... We're going to take the year off and travel in that direction and do all of the COVID restriction requirements to visit with family. And we have a four-year-old, so she gets to see her family as well. So we'll be in your neck of the woods. Awesome. Yeah, you'll have to do a radical sabbatical, and I hope you can come visit us. Now, one of the things that uh, I'm always curious about 
you know, I've finished my job. I've saved money. We're selling a house. We have the funds to do it. Um, do you guys work online or what is that source of income that you have for doing this kind of travel? Well, we, Marie kind of alluded to it earlier is that both of us have a habit of just working really hard and sinking ourselves into our jobs for a period of time and are like unseen and unheard from our friends and family for a while. And then we just take off. But um, that's kind of what we did when we were stationary with the bus. We did that for a while and it's pretty easy to save when you have almost no rent and living pretty frugally like we normally do. Um, but me being in construction and as a carpenter, I've got a pretty well-rounded skill set that seems to be in demand almost anywhere you go is just, even if it's just being a body for construction. Um, and so it's pretty simple to find work. And again, then both of us are just willing to do anything. I don't have to stay in my industry. Marie's gotten out of her industry a bunch of times and we'll do whatever it is right now for the last two months we've been working at a campsite in bc called kukanusa campsite in marina on a giant lake called lake kukanusa and we've just been helping them in spring getting ready for their busy summer we like whether it's just routine maintenance or raking, raking up pine needles <laughs> i was that. building some docks for them and stuff like that but they and we get paid amazing. and it's a, it's the yeah. best situation we could ever have we have showers there we have power we have water we have a job that's literally starting as soon as we walk out of our front door we yeah Amazing so people yeah the best people you, you know. could ever meet are working with us and employing us there and that's something that even just having the bus reminded us like because we live like this that these are the opportunities that 99 percent of people would never get if they're not living so loosely with their lives and not following a strict plan because we just saw this job posting on Facebook and immediately applied and had the job within an hour and went over there and yeah it all checked out it was a pretty uh, pretty awesome situation that it seems like the bus was kind of the key in the whole thing it's quite a talking point isn't it yeah yeah just and it enables you to do whatever you feel like if you're not married to a plan all right. So uh, in regards to your social media, you have quite a few followers. And if people want to follow you, they would follow you under little Gus the bus on Instagram. Um, who else would you recommend that you folks might have followed in order to get to where you are today? So people that we really love and we met in real life, which like is really exciting, is uh, you had them on your podcast, actually. It's Sam and Carly from... Um, Flat, flat out, out travelers. Flat out travelers, yeah. Uh, they live in uh, Winnipeg. Near Winnipeg. Yeah. And we had a lot of fun with them. They're uh, awesome people. Yeah. They're the best. Can you tell us what you... Uh, we spent a night with them in Winnipeg. Like we were just passing through and we kind of had known each other a little bit just through Instagram and the community. But they knew we were coming through and they said, okay, well, we'll meet you in Winnipeg and we'll take you out and whatever and so they met us at the bus in a parking lot picked us up and just took us out to great restaurants we got to see winnipeg in august which i'm told is the best time to see it <laughs> i think and then uh and got to go to some car rally that night that happens in summer and just an awesome time and they're awesome people and we should plug our business 
is it flat out leather? She makes leather wallets. Carly does. Yeah, we both have one. And she gave, we bought two other wallets and it was worth the purchase completely. Yeah. I'm a pretty, pretty picky on wallets and this passed the test. So yeah. they're good. They're great. Um, yeah. Uh, so them and then as a good, um, do you say resources? Like, as good as a good resource. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're really nice too. Uh, it's um, Michael from uh, Navigation Nowhere. Uh, so they have a, yeah, a really good Instagram. They have a YouTube channel that is really, really helpful, like really documenting a whole build, which is really nice. Um, they also are launching an ebook soon. I don't think they did yet. Uh, it's an ebook. Uh, a really good one about how to pick your, um, uh, how to sh choose and buy your um, schoolie, well, your school bus before conversion. Um, yeah, it's a good, pretty good information, actually. I yeah. wish I'd had it when we picked ours. It's pretty detailed and yeah, what to good. look for. These are the engines that, pe like, just opinions on engines or whatever. What, like, for people who know nothing about, like, big diesel vehicles, it's a good start. To get yeah. you pointed in the right direction that's for sure thank you have you met him in person no uh michael no uh we communicate a lot like a few like few times uh, through instagram but we didn't we didn't meet like except sam and carly and few We've other met people a few other schoolies on the road but not people that are really in the community necessarily on social on media I as much um but yeah, we've seen some pretty crazy schoolies on the road. We've seen a guy that had a an out, like a little lift system built in that he'd done that he could just stand in the middle of his bus and press a button and it would lift him all the way up to the roof deck through the skylight in his bus. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it was but he was a wild yeah. character and and that but yeah, I didn't really I don't think he's heard of Instagram. So there's a few of those people out there that are just doing a bus because they have a bus and we wanted to meet with a lot of people but with covid like everybody was stuck in their own part of the world and that made it way way more complicated that's the only regret probably that i have with the fact of selling well not the only but one of the regrets that i have about um selling a uh, little guest right now is that we didn't get to go to any like you know big meetings uh, with other vine lifers or bus lifers with little girls. And I would have loved that. It would have been amazing to be able, you can see them now, actually, uh, um, on the US right now, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a there's bunch of like schooly conventions, Van yeah. Fest, that kind of stuff. And I'm so jealous of that. I want yeah. to go so bad, like visiting all the people's schoolies and having like, getting some inspiration too and then yeah. you're meeting the same people that are all of the same attitude i don't know yeah. they're similar attitude there's one that happens now in quebec that's going to be happening in july um and that's the only yeah. one i know in canada that's happening so maybe there'll be other ones down the road hopefully yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have to start a festival down the road <laughs> bus festival <laughs> I love that. you must be but it's so true to, to meet to meet other people like this podcast is really you know, mapping out in Canada where those people are and around the world, uh, but having a location where people come together, probably in the summertime, would be uh, pretty cool to to have. 
For yeah, sure. and maybe if one person brought a welder and just charged like 20 bucks an hour, he'd make a fortune. Mm, so <laughs> for true. sure. That <laughs> so is so true. true. Yeah. So, Ben, what are any uh, final words that you have for the folks out there? Um, my final words, nothing too poetic, but I, I, I said it earlier. I think in the end, it's all just stories. So whatever happens when you're building a schoolie, it's worth it. It's part of the adventure, even all the bad stuff. Just look there and laugh and just be like, I'm, I'm going to live in a school bus. Would like tell your, like imagine telling your 10 year old self riding to school in a school bus that you would live in one of these one day. And then it just makes all the bad things that happen. And if whether it's financially or just a project that went wrong on it, it just makes it all more tolerable. That's what I've had to do is just be like, hey, dude, you're living in a school bus. Like, it's that's how crazy you life is. Dream. So don't take anything too seriously. Yeah. You really learn patience. Yeah, that's true. And Marie, what about yourself? What are uh, some final words you have for the folks out there? I feel I'm going to talk for people that are a bit more worried like me. Uh, I'd say um, plan enough, like do some planning and all that. That's fine. But don't overthinking, overthink it too much and actually do it. Because my tendency, and I know we a few people like that, is like you're going to do so many, so much research and like just keeping uh, like watching all the people uh, do building schoolies and all that and just not actually doing it. So I would say just think a bit, but then just do it. It's so worth it anyway. It's so worth it. So now you've checked this off your list. It's going to be interesting to hear uh, your next adventures when you, maybe you'll do this somewhere around the world. There have been a few on the show that are from Australia uh, throughout Europe, there was a person that had a, uh, a schoolie that's a hostel and they were traveling all around Europe and taking uh, backpackers. And there's a, uh, a surfing one that's coming up later on in Portugal. Wow. <laughs> a surfing bus set up and he will, you know, you go and you pay them and they take you for a week to the beaches in Portugal and you surf and live at the beach and it's yeah, all set up in a schoolie. Surf. If there's better surf somewhere else, just hop in and we'll drive down to the better waves. Yeah. There's some cool stories. So I'm I'm glad you folks are adding to the pile. Yeah, we're going to, we're selling our bus, but we're 100% staying in the community. We're going to do another bus pretty soon, as soon as we get back to Ontario. And we can't wait to be doing this again. There's people out there. I know one guy, Ivan LaCroix, who's done three uh in quebec uh and there's another couple that did like four or five conversions already so once you do one you start talking about the second for sure for For sure sure. i think we were already talking about the next bus after we'd finalized a plan for this bus we were like okay we'll do your plan on the next bus (laughs) all in time yeah Listen, folks, it's been an honor to uh, speak to you, and I look forward to uh, sharing some stories around a bonfire someday. We go to Creemore, Ontario, so maybe uh, we'll connect somewhere between where you folks are and Creemore. So We'll make it happen. Thank you very much, and enjoy your evening, and I greatly appreciate you uh, sharing your stories. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for you having too. us. Have a good night. You're very welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.
interesting uh, whole build, which is really nice. Um, they also are launching an ebook soon. I don't think they did yet. Uh, it's an ebook, uh, a really good one about how to pick your, uh, how to sh choose and buy your um, schoolie. Well, your school bus before conversion. Um, yeah, it's a good, pretty good information, actually. I yeah. wish I'd had it when we picked ours. It's pretty detailed and yeah, what to good. look for. These are the engines that, like, just opinions on engines or whatever. What, like, for people who know nothing about, like, big diesel vehicles, it's a good start to get yeah. you pointed in the right direction. That's for sure. Thank you. Have you met him in person? No. Uh, Michael, no. Uh, we communicate a lot, like a like few times uh, through Instagram, but we didn't. We didn't meet, like, except Sam and Carly and few We've other people. We've met a few other schoolies on the road, but not people that are really in the community necessarily on social on media night. as much. Um, but yeah, we've seen some pretty crazy schoolies on the road. We've seen a guy that had a an out like a little lift system built in that he'd done that he could just stand in the middle of his bus and press a button and it would lift him all the way up to the roof deck through the skylight in his bus amazing, amazing. <laughs> it was but he was a wild yeah. character and and that but yeah i didn't really i don't think he's heard of instagram so there's a few of those people out there that are just doing a bus because they have a bus and we wanted to meet with a lot of people but with covid like everybody was stuck in their own part of the world and that made it way way more complicated that's the only regret probably that i have with the fact of selling well not the only but one of the regrets that i have about um selling a uh, little guest right now is that we didn't get to go to any like you know big meetings uh with other vine lifers or bus lifers with little guests and i would have loved that it would have been amazing to be able you can see them now actually uh um on the us right now there's a bunch of uh there's a there's bunch of like schooly conventions Fest. van yeah. fest that kind of stuff and i'm so jealous of that i want yeah. to go so bad like visiting all the people's schoolies and having like getting some inspiration too and then yeah. you're meeting the same people that are all of the same attitude i don't know yeah. they similar attitude there's one that happens now in quebec that's going to be happening in july um and that's the only yeah. one i know in canada that's happening so maybe there'll be other ones down the road hopefully yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have to start a festival down the road <laughs> bus festival <laughs> I love that. you must be but it's so true to, to meet to meet other people like this podcast is really you know mapping out in canada where those people are and around the world uh but having a location where people come together probably in the summertime would be uh pretty cool to to have oh, yeah sure. and maybe if one person brought a welder and just charged like 20 bucks an hour he'd make a fortune mm, so <laughs> for <true>. sure <laughs> that so is so true. true yeah so ben what are any uh final words they have for the folks out there um my final words nothing too poetic but I, I i said it earlier i think in the end it's all just stories so whatever happens when you're building a schoolie it's worth it it's part of the adventure even all the bad stuff just look there and laugh and just be like i'm i'm gonna live in a school bus would like tell your like imagine telling your 10 year old self riding to school in a school bus that you would live in one of these one day and then it just makes all the bad things that happen and if whether it's financially or just a project that went wrong on it 
just makes it all more tolerable. That's what I've had to do is just be like, hey, dude, you're living in a school bus. Like, it's that's how crazy life is. So don't take anything too seriously. You really learn patience. Yeah, that's true. And Marie, what about yourself? What are uh, some final words you have for the folks out there? I feel I'm going to talk for people that are a bit more worried like me. Uh, I'd say um, plan enough, like, do some planning and all that that's fine but don't overthinking overthink it too much and actually do it because my tendency and i know we a few people like that is like you're going to do so many so much research and like just keeping uh like watching other people uh do building schoolies and all that and just not actually doing it so i would say just think a bit but then just do it it's so worth it anyway. It's so worth it. So now you've checked this off your list. It's going to be interesting to hear uh, your next adventures when you, maybe you'll do this somewhere around the world. There have been a few on the show that are from Australia, uh, throughout Europe. There was a person that had a, uh, a schoolie that's a hostel and they were traveling all around Europe and taking uh, backpackers. And there's a, uh, a surfing one that's coming up later on in Portugal. Wow. Uh, <laughs> a surfing bus set up and he will, you know, you go and you pay them and they take you for a week to the beaches in Portugal and you surf and live at the beach and it's yeah, all set up at school. If there's better surf somewhere else, just hop in and we'll drive down to the better waves. Wow, 100%. Yeah. Oh, there's some cool stories. So I'm, I'm glad you folks are adding to the pile. Yeah, we're gonna we're selling our bus, but we're a one hundred percent staying in the community. Yeah. We're gonna do another bus pretty soon, as soon as we get back to Ontario, and we can't wait to be doing this again. There's people out there. I know one guy, Ivan Lacroix, who's done three uh, in Quebec, uh, and there's another couple that did like four or five conversions already. So once you do one, you start talking about the second. For yeah, sure. For, for sure. sure. I think we were already talking about the next bus after we'd finalized a plan for this bus. We were like, okay, we'll do your plan on the next bus. All in time. Yeah. Well, listen, folks, it's been an honor to uh, speak to you, and I look forward to uh, sharing some stories around a bonfire someday. We go to Creemore, Ontario, so maybe uh, we'll connect somewhere between where you folks are and Creemore. So. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Thank you very much and enjoy your evening. And I greatly appreciate you uh, sharing your stories. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for you having too. us. Have a good night. You're very welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, or follow us on Instagram and YouTube under A Canadian Schoolie. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to one another.